With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Magic fans, this is Coach Mose from the Orlando Magic. Need some added motivation? You came to the right place. Now back to In the Zone with Brandon Kravitz. Even in a loss, UCF kind of stole the show this weekend with their gallant effort against the Sooners in Norman, Oklahoma. Here to help us break down everything we saw and what it means moving forward, Sean Green hops on from the UCF Charge On podcast. You can download wherever you download your favorites, or you can find Sean on YouTube by searching UCF Charge On. Sean, welcome to the show. Have you gotten over the sting of the loss yet? I don't think so. I mean, we we needed a win. I don't think anybody uh, expected it to be that close. Certainly not me. Uh, but whenever you're that close against the number six team in the country, you don't get many top ten matchups uh, in college football season. So disappointing loss. But like you said, you could take some positives coming from it. At what point in the game did you realize, okay, UCF came to play and actually have a chance to win this thing? I don't think it was even necessarily the offense because the offense early on was disappointing, four straight three and outs. I think ultimately for me where I said, okay, UCF has a chance is the defense early on. I mean, the run defense looked way better than we've seen in the last couple weeks, uh, which, I mean, not much to get better. I mean, if anything they could have done would have been better, but you know, they, it looked like the defense came to play. And once the offense got that uh, long run by RJ Harvey and they put it up seven to seven, I said, Okay, the bye week definitely helped, and and this could be a potential game right here. What can you tell me about the flu bug that appeared to be running rampant in the locker room? Coaches, players, staff, all of that. How much of an impact do you think that had on on the game or the the players? It it definitely was an impact. Nobody knew anything about it until game day, where you know you go and you're looking at different UCF commentators, and we're hearing that you know RJ Harvey's wearing a mask into the stadium and. You know, John Rice Plumley had four IVs coming into the game. So it definitely to say it doesn't have an impact is ridiculous. They, it, there was definitely an impact, but you wouldn't have known if they didn't announce it and the announcers didn't say anything about it. I mean, obviously, because they played so well, you know, nobody's questioning it. But for them to go out and have the performance they did, especially with John Rice being out the time he did with the knee injury, having to get four IVs and coming in being as sick as he was. I mean, and Xavier Townsend, too. He was sick, and he came out and had a a great performance with a bum leg, too. So, I mean, credit to the UCF football team and the staff because, again, nobody, including myself and many UCF fans, gave them any type of chance to keep that game close or have a chance at winning that game. Sean, how impactful was it to have a semi or mostly healthy JRP out there in the fourth quarter opposed to backup Timmy McLean? So... I was saying this, we did a live stream on Saturday, and I don't I don't want to get it twisted. Okay. I, I knew before the game, you know, people were like, Oh, JRP can run. You're not gonna see John Rice Plumley run very much for the, the rest of the season. I mean, you saw it a couple times. I mean, it's very obvious. He he just doesn't have the same oomph that he usually has with the running capabilities, especially with the brace. 
I will say this though, for all the people that were like, Timmy is the significantly better passer. John Rice has kind of hit a different drive in this offseason. I mean, Coach Hinshaw has definitely worked on some of that mechanics with John Rice because some of those throws that he made on, on Saturday, I think you can go back to last season, and I don't think you can pinpoint 10 of the throws he made on Saturday last season. So the improvements are there. I think as a leader, John Rice is just on another level. This is his team. So in that retrospect, I think – it was great having him out there and hopefully keep him healthy through the rest of the year because these last five games are not an easy feat, but you can finish the season pretty strong with John Rice as your quarterback. How about that UCF defense rushing again against the run specifically and in that second half held Oklahoma to under 200 yards on the ground. Was this an improved UCF defensive unit and more emphasis on the rushing defense or is it Oklahoma's lack of a punch with the rushing attack? You know, Tyler, I, I want to say it's it's the UCF defense just for my mental sanity, to be completely honest with you. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, any improvement is an improvement. When you gave up 400 yards to Kansas on the ground, to give up 180 to Oklahoma, regardless of kind of the struggles they've had running the football, is an improvement. I think, honestly, I credit the staff for making some changes. Uh, you could definitely see they put DeCorian Patterson in at cornerback, who he gave up a touchdown, but I think he played really well um better than Corey thornton did and i think the defensive line kind of switching it up a little bit you saw uh lee hunter in coverage at one point you saw a bunch of different guys switching it up so i think that definitely helped when it came to playing the run but listen you're gonna have a couple couple weeks here coming up where there are teams that are gonna want to run the football you watch we're playing west virginia obviously this weekend and you see oklahoma state i mean Oklahoma State almost had a 300-yard rusher this weekend. So UCF's not going to get a break when it comes to teams wanting to run the football on them. So they're going to have to continue kind of switching it up, giving teams different looks, just like they did against Oklahoma. We're talking to Sean Green, the host of the UCF Charge On podcast. Do you believe that this game meant more than your average game to Dylan Gabriel? Did you get the sense that 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 would be the case? Because he didn't really have the blow-up that a lot of people might have expected in this one. You know, it's a good question. I'll say this. I mean, there wasn't a lot of talk the week leading up to the game. You know, I think he might have only got asked a couple times about it. You had, like, we all have seen Dylan Gabriel play. And, you know, I've said on my show that he is one of the best pure passing quarterbacks I have ever seen with my own two eyes. Like, when you watch Dylan Gabriel play, it's phenomenal. But we also know in certain games, he just doesn't have it. There's a lack thereof of something there where maybe the moment's too big, the moment gets too bright. He's just not feeling it in a given day. Allah, he plays Tulsa and, you know, has had ever beaten Tulsa until this season. So I definitely think playing against the Knights this Saturday, there was definitely something up with him. He wasn't making the right reads on certain plays. He looked a little flustered, especially basically through three quarters. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to give him credit. He makes the big 20-yard throw in the fourth quarter to basically give Oklahoma an eight-point lead. So I definitely think it meant more to him. But when games usually mean more to Dylan Gabriel, he kind of falls under the pressure. He did, didn't did against Texas, but you could definitely see he did a little against UCF. Sean, you watch all of the coaches' players' press conferences, so we all don't have to. What have, uh, what has the team <laughs> been saying regarding specifically that two-point conversion play call at the end, and it just seems like they're going to their bag of tricks a whole lot more than what they might have to. 
you know, I'm really glad you brought that up because there's that is, of course, obviously, when you lose on a play like that, that's the talking point on Twitter, on wherever you get UCF news is what was that play call? This is ridiculous. I don't if you go watch the play again, I actually don't hate the call. Would I have made that call? Absolutely not. Um, the coaches are standing by it. They said that they've repped that 30 times in practice and it had worked constantly on the UCF defense, which I don't know if you take that as a positive or negative. But if you look at the play, if John Rice hits X in stride, Xavier Townsend in stride, I mean, Javon Baker is wide open right away. So if he if he throws that ball on time, I mean, who knows what could have happened. But for the fans that are coming out on Twitter, I get, I get it. I understand it. It's a weird play call, and of course you lose on that. But at the same time, you know, all the fans are saying we're going to get blown out 56 to 17 or, or 60 to 10. So it's a, a lose-lose. You lose by two and it's this coaching staff sucks. And then you lose by 50 and the coaching staff sucks. So I think I don't mind the two-point call. Would I have called it? No. But I think this can only get them better moving forward to figure out what works and what doesn't. And against a number six team in Oklahoma, I don't know what else you'd want to run on that two point or on that two yard line to uh, go tie the game up. I don't like the call, but I do like the fact that it was a close game at the end. So I'm going to pick my battles when it comes to Malzahn <laughs> and the staff. Do you agree that this was a moral win for UCF and their program? A hundred percent. It's tough. It's tough not to say. I get it. Like I saw on your Twitter, like it's hard to say. Oh, moral victories, especially when you're three and four. You've lost four straight. At the end of the day, though. Me, myself included, and every single UCF fan was basically laughing straight to the bank after the Kansas game saying, Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy are going to light UCF up for 70 points. It's not going to be a game by the first quarter, and it's going to be an embarrassment to the program. At the end of the day, they went into Norman, which go over the past. I think Oklahoma's lost, what, 90 games in their entire history in Norman, Oklahoma. For UCF to have the performance that they did, after the performance that they had at Kansas, you have to take it as a moral victory. You have to take it because at the end of the day, you again have five games left to kind of prove yourself that, hey, we can play with the big dogs in the Big 12. We can win games in the Big 12, which you haven't proven to do so yet. Which I, So I think being on ABC, playing that close with Oklahoma, has kind of opened everybody's eyes up just a little to say, listen, their starters back, UCF can play, and listen, you're going to have to come ready to play UCF in the next five weeks. Sean Green, kind enough to give us some of his time today. You can check out the UCF Charge On podcast if you would like a further deep dive into every week's game for UCF. Download them wherever you download your favorites, or you can find Sean on YouTube by searching UCF Charge On. Always appreciate the insight, and as Tyler said, thanks so much for coming through those press conferences for us. I got you guys. Thank you. Moral wins all around. I'll explain who else gets the award for giving it their absolute best, but uh, that's coming up in a bit. No more moral victories here. You either win or you lose. When it Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.